The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hope you brought an apple for the teacher because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome once again, faithful scholars, to another, nay, not another edition, but a special edition of the Star Seminar, a superannuated edition, one might say, that's brought to you by a superstar team of internationally renowned Cowboysologists, starting with yours truly, Dr. Rabble Rouser, and as always, my guest, my comrade in arms, Dr. Danny Phantom. How are you today, sir? I am doing super, my friend, especially after that <laughs> super fantastic intro, uh, as always, with uh, with Rabs, with his intro. And for but- those of you who can't see, Dr. Phantom recently got a haircut, and it almost certainly took place at Supercuts. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very Supercuts-like, I'll, I'll tell you that. I uh, I don't really go to the fancy places, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I did get a haircut. Thanks for noticing. Uh, you know, I'll have to get myself uh, all cleaned up for uh, for Sunday's big game. And um, I tell you what, I am excited, uh, Rabs, because, I mean, even though, you know, our beloved Cowboys are not in this game, uh, the Super Bowl is still a big event for me and my friends. It's something that we enjoy. It, it puts a stamp on the season, and we can all, all of us can then now turn the page to the 2024 season. But I am um, excited. Uh, I have... My Super Bowl game sheet that just circulating around work and uh, around Twitter and you know people that are having Super Bowl parties, I definitely recommend that you partake in that. So uh, I'm really excited. Uh, so I mean, uh, I don't know about you. I, I wanted to ask because I know that it's a big day for me. I get pretty amped for it uh, because you know, like I said, with with um, friends, some people I only see once a year. But I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you. On a scale of uh, 1 to 58, how excited are you about S- Sunday's Super Bowl? So is that scale calibrated to all of the various Super Bowls in my lifetime? Well, um... I mean, if it is, I would have to say I'm somewhere probably around, um, I don't know, 54. 
54 being high? No, being low. Being low. I, I, okay. I'm not. I'm not particularly interested in, in this this matchup or this, these two teams. I mean, I I don't I don't have a rooting interest one way or the other. I I, I actually don't mind either team particularly. I know it's weird because San Francisco's an NFC rival with a long history against the Cowboys, but this particular San Francisco team, I like the way they play. I like both teams fine. Um, I don't really care to see either of them win. Or lose. Uh, I, I, it's been a long time since I really had a significant rooting stake in a Super Bowl. I think the last one was probably the 2000, um, I guess it was the 16 uh, season when New England faced off against Atlanta. So um, since then. Well, you got to be have a huge rooting interest when the Patriots and Eagles were playing. I mean, yeah, well, yes, but also no, because I hate the Patriots almost as much. No, as you don't. Yeah, oh, almost as much as I hate the Eagles. Oh. I really despise the Patriots. I, in fact, I like the people involved with the Patriots less than I like the people involved with the Eagles. They both have despicable fan bases. I think the Eagles fan base is only slightly more despicable. Honestly, the only good outcome when those two teams have played in the two times they've met in the Super Bowl is that a hell mouth opens in the middle of the field and both teams get sucked into it forever. Hmm. I uh, I guess I just don't hate New England as much. I mean, I, I get sick of them like the rest of us, but I hmm. don't have the... I think it's more of just a them again, you know, it's kind of like, and I think a lot of us are starting to feel the same way about Kansas City because, like, those guys again. But um, if I had to choose, and I did, I would not. I mean, every time I wanted them to win against the Giants or the Eagles, at least in the last three attempts, the New England couldn't win that Super Bowl. Unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. they did earlier against the Donovan McNabb uh, Eagles, uh, mm-hmm. thankfully. So the, but I don't know. It just doesn't bother as much. Uh, with that and and I agree with you though I'm kind of in the same feeling with the Kansas City 49ers game I don't it doesn't I it wasn't like last year where I definitely had a, a favorite I was pulling for um I don't care so much it could go either way I sort of want Kansas City just because I have a lot more 49er people that are that like to taunt me and I just yeah, don't want to yeah. deal with that and so that's, that's a legit reason but I also have a lot of friends and family that are foreigner fans and I certainly if they do win I will be happy for those people but uh mm-hmm. so I guess my rooting interest will fall with the AFC once again but it's not a huge I'm not like really strong one way or another well I'll tell you what is strong and that's the agenda for uh yes. our our um, special session here today for our super edition of the star seminar um we're going to be dispensing with some of the uh the regular items that, that those of you who are regular listeners are used to and jumping right into it um and almost every if not every category is going to be based as you may have guessed by now on the word super because this is super bowl week uh before we get into that though we do have a but first and our but first this is actually decidedly not super. No. Because what I want to hear from you is, what are your favorite top three Super Bowls that don't include the Cowboys? Hence, impossible for them to be truly super. So yes, right. I, I think we've talked many times about you know our favorite Cowboys Super Bowls, and I'm sure we'll touch on that later today. But what are your favorite three Super Bowls that don't involve the Cowboys? So this was tough because... <laughs> I feel like there was a stretch, and I don't have the, the the year, but I feel like there was a like a seven year stretch where 
a great majority of the Super Bowls were coming down to the wire. It was just madness. A lot of great games. Um, so it's a really good ones to choose from in the last 15 years. Yeah, um, no question. And uh, so it was hard. I think I think my choices are going to come from from those periods of, of time, especially since we're doing non-cowboy. So it's been a while. Um, so I I had a tough dis- um, trying to decide between the game itself, how it was an exciting game, or like how I felt with the outcome. So my answers are going to be a little bit all over the place. But so my top three in no particular order, um, I want to say that even though I was rooting for the Patriots to lose, I have to say the Patriots and Carolina game that they played, mm. I don't know, I don't remember which Super Bowl it was, but I remember it being kind of, it was relatively low scoring, maybe like 14, 13, and the, up until the fourth quarter, and then it was just an onslaught of scoring. I don't know, almost like 40 points worth of scoring. Uh, it was just crazy back and forth, a uh, super exciting game. Um so, I mean, I, I can't remember a, a fourth quarter that was packed with so much excitement. So that Wait, is... Wait, how, how exciting was it? It was super exciting. I mean... <laughs> uh, uh, I like that one. That was a great game. I remember actually being at a sports bar with some friends of mine watching that game. One of one of whom was a Patriots fan, and um, he this was this is early in Brady's career, and he had the temerity to say that uh, Brady was a Hall of Famer. And I remember thinking... There is no way. He just, he just, you know, they, they just led the team that got lucky a couple of times, and then, you know, sure enough, he, he was right, and I was wrong. Um, but that, but I, but also the other thing I remember was was exactly what you described, which was it was a game. It was kind of boring. A lot of good defense. Carolina hanging in there, and all of a sudden, like it just exploded. And neither team could stop the other one. It was great. Yeah, I. Um... So what's number two? What's the next one? So I'm going to change gears a little bit and go with uh, this is the one that I just happened to I really enjoyed the outcome. Um, it actually started off very not so super. It was the Harbaugh brothers Super Bowl against oh yeah uh-huh. Baltimore and and San Francisco, and I was watching it at a buddy's house who's a big time 49ers fan. This was like the one of the first times that one of our teams. It's been. Cowboys and Niners haven't won a Super Bowl since mid '90s. That's been true for both teams, but San Francisco has gotten there a couple times, three times now, if you count Sunday. And uh, so this is kind of like the one of the first times that you know my friend had a chance for his team to to, you know, to win a Super Bowl more recently. But it did not work out that way. Uh, Baltimore jumped off to a huge lead, uh, and then of course we remember the lights went out in this in the second half. Uh, San Francisco, however did mount a comeback and it was quite impressive and they slowly you know grinded away at them and they had a chance at the end to actually mm-hmm. win the game and they didn't and I think you know I'm not a 49ers fan so I, I was happy that uh the Ravens were able to uh hold them off there but I would say pretty exciting second half uh in that game so that's makes my list um and probably the last one, and like I say, this is not in really in any particular order, but I thought the, again, I would have preferred a different outcome, but the Patriots-Atlanta Super Bowl was mm-hmm. very exciting because the second half, I just, you know, I think and there was a lot of people that just felt that New England was going to put it together. And uh, I just never felt, I, I, I remember the Super Bowl and I actually made a wager with my friends who gave me odds 
So I actually came away with some extra beer money in, in that game uh, because New England did do what New England likes to do, and that's like mm-hmm. to have dramatic finishes in Super Bowls, and there no, there's no shortage of that when it comes to them in the big game. And then they had a, one of the biggest. I mean, just a remarkable comeback with uh, beating Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan and and all that, that great coaching staff of, of the Falcons. Yeah, I think that was probably the most disappointing Super Bowl in my lifetime because I hate I hate New England first of all, and I think I think and still believe very very firmly that Atlanta was a significantly more talented team, and they just let it slip away. They had a twenty-eight yeah. three lead after the after the pick six, and I mean they had so many opportunities. When you review the game, they had so many opportunities, and one more score would have done it, and they just. It just couldn't do it, and part of that's self-inflicted, and part of that's New England. Um, I will say that, you know, I mean, Tom Brady is uh, – it was such a quintessentially Tom Brady game because he there were almost no big plays by right. the, the New England offense. It was just a lot of, like, six-yard passes to running backs. Yep, he was super uh, efficient. He was super efficient, absolutely. And, and this is actually, for me, the reason I hate the Patriots – one of many reasons why I, I dislike the Patriots so much is – um, they they're boring. They they their style of football is just always been so painfully dull. I I don't I don't I mean I know I know it wins right, and in, in some ways it's sort of mathematical, and so I I can appreciate it on that level, but it's really really boring to watch, and I've never enjoyed watching it. So I like the, I like the list, although the the one at the top of the list is one that um would you know is is in some ways maybe the the last Super Bowl that I really cared about because it was just so disappointing and so gut wrenching. There's a moment there in the fourth quarter I was like, "Oh my God, Patriots are going to win this game!" And you know they yeah. had no no business winning that game. That Atlanta win. I think if they play 20 times, Atlanta wins 17. I well, think they're that much. They I were mean, that much better. Raps, I really do. If they just don't squander that last drive where they they could just kick a field goal there, you know? I know. I, just, I, know, I, know. I mean, there's so, so many, so many. So many plays. They, they, I mean, but that's you know that's 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 what happens in the NFL. Any any close game, there's a hundred plays that you can review. Um, so so, so interesting that some of the ones you picked are more recent because my my great Super Bowl memories are all from like the 80s and into the 90s. And so all all the ones that I'm going to share with you, with maybe one exception, are from that uh, era. Um, so I'm going to start with. Um, I'll start with a game that I think was just a really, really great game, and and a surprising outcome because we thought that there that there was a defending Super Bowl champion who would basically do to this team what they had done to the Patriots the year before, and that's the '96 '97 uh, Packers. Mm. So in '97 they played the Broncos. Broncos had been pretty good for a couple of years, but again bounced from playoffs by like the Jaguars and Natron Means or somebody mm-hmm. the year before. Um, and that was, it was a, just a great back and forth game. Elway's, you know, end of career hurrah, the famous like helicopter play, right. uh, the famous like if you remember, uh, Terrell Davis like got a migraine and could literally couldn't see. And Shanahan said, I need you to just go in there and, and just like pass block because I need you as a decoy. You know, and so like he had to like take a take a handoff, and he couldn't really see, so they could like you know. And he eventually took his med- his medication and could see and had a, had a huge, huge game, and um you know it was just a really fun really fun game, and it was always great to see uh, the Packers go down. Um, 
because at that at that moment we still thought the Cowboys had you know had a chance to be one of the better teams in the NFC. Mm -hmm. We hadn't learned yet that that right. was never going to oh, happen my again. Little um, did we a know. couple of other uh, now there's a couple of other games where um, that are were really just great games. I, I'm not necessarily thrilled with the. Well, one of them I was I was pretty happy with the outcome. One of them I wasn't particularly happy with the outcome because it was between two teams that I kind of despise either way. But um, the Giants Patriots game in in 07 when the the Giants took down the undefeated Patriots, just a great. I mean, it's right up there with Namath and the Jets beating the Colts in, in Super mm -hmm. Bowl three. Incredible, incredible. I mean. I think those two teams play a hundred times and the Patriots win 96 of them, yeah. 97 of them. I mean, they were, they were so, so much better, but the Giants were just on a magical run. Um, and the, one of the most exciting Super Bowls in recent years for me is that Saints Colts in 09, I think it was. Yeah. I really like that Saints team. I thought they were a really interesting team. If you, They were actually not unlike Cowboys teams of recent vintage. Good offense and a very opportunity opportunistic defense that generated a lot of turnovers got a lot of cheap scores and uh and as a consequence the saint the saints ran a lot of teams out of the building but there was that great pick six against against um peyton manning late in the game when the culture mounting mounting and comeback that basically sealed it uh great game but so those are honorable mentions uh the the, the other two that are top of my list though are from my childhood and, and they're they're in the early 80s and they both involve the oakland raiders who I actually liked perfectly fine when i was growing up I, the raiders were like my afc team um so the first of which was the raiders beating the philadelphia eagles in, in 1980 a wild card raiders, raiders right have, have, yeah have, eagles were heavily favored the chargers won the division so the, the raiders had to go through the wild card round uh they weren't even particularly good they had jim plunkett and just a bunch of scrappy veterans but they were tough and then they went in and demolished the eagles and it was great because the eagles were you know i mean everybody thought the eagles were going to win handily hmm. and um and the eagles had dismantled the cowboys in the nfc championship game a week or two before that and then the other one is another team that i mean if they had won this game i think they would might might have gone down as one of the great handful of teams of all time but they ended up losing the super bowl so they, yep. they can't and that's the that's a shame 1983 Washington team um, only lost two games all year, and they lost them both by one point. And they were an incredible team. I mean, they were blowing people out. The 83 and the 91 Washington teams, both coached by Joe Gibbs, were two of the most dominant teams I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, obviously, the 91 team went and crushed Buffalo in the Super Bowl and realized their potential. In 83, the Theismann-led uh, Washington team goes – to play against Marcus Allen and the Raiders, and the Raiders absolutely yes. humiliated them. And right, remember, right before halftime, Jack Squirek <laughs> yeah. blocks a punt, and they end up they end up scoring. It wasn't a punt. He, picked, no, he didn't block it. Somebody else blocked it. And Squirek recovered it and ran it into the end zone. No, he picked, it was picked off a, a screen pass. Oh, the screen pass. The deep in oh, but it was also zone. then a blocked punt. It was also then a blocked punt. Uh, but somebody, yeah, by somebody else, and it was just, uh, and then of course it was the great Marcus Allen. Oh run yeah, late, but but that was pretty much like just icing on the cake. It it was over. one of the so best Jack runs Spirek Super Bowl history. Had a had a yeah had a pick six, and it was just it was just a, a an absolute humiliation, and I I actually prefer the era in which Super Bowls were won by twenty points because I felt like you knew definitively who the champs were. 
I really feel like one of the reasons why I, I've lost interest is increasingly I'm aware that all the teams are more or less the same, and whoever goes and get and hoists the Lombardi at the end of the year does so because they got lucky. They had a lucky run. In the in in the old days, here I am, you know, get off my lawn, kids. But in the <laughs> old days, I really felt like most of the time the champion would have like a run where they won every game by ten or more points, and so you knew yeah. this is the best team. This was definitively the best team, and there were a couple of a couple of exceptions certainly, but I don't know. You can ever say that anymore. You can always make an argument that I don't know that either of these teams are the best team this year. They're both good, but honestly, lots of teams Rabs, if you were better, if we're being honest, if you go roll or take a look at the last ten Super Bowls, I bet you can say how almost half the half the winners were the were upsets or, or teams that we didn't think were going to win, and um, certainly not teams that you thought had a great chance. You know, when the playoffs started, yeah. You know, and, and you look at almost every playoff run, and it involves one game in which they were really lucky to win. Usually, usually if you make a playoff run, you have one comfortable win. Yet, but there's always one game where that you look back and you go, man, they were lucky to escape with that. And it could have easily gone the other way. Yeah. You know, so there's all the idea of, like, we're the definitive champions. We're the world. No, you're, you're the team that got lucky in, in January. Come on. So um, I prefer those, those old old uh Super Bowls and those old playoff runs when, you know, the Giants demolished the Broncos and were so clearly and obviously the best team in the league. They were the best team all year long. They were the best team to the playoffs and they were the best team in the Super Bowl. And it was never in doubt. And I, I like that. I like that lack of doubt because right now it's just, it's all just a crapshoot and it's all luck. And I, 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 I like, I like my champions to, to be deserving. Um, I'll tell you what, who, who is a deserving champion? And that is my podcast partner, the great, Danny Phantom. And he is going to start us off on our journey through all things super with a question about is it movies? So I think it might be. I love movies and you know this about me and, and you do too. And so I, do. I just I'm, I, I have to kick this off with with movies. So but I wanted to ask you because we all have our our own favorite types of movies. Um, but I wanted to ask you first of all is are you a supernatural movie guy or are you a superhero movie guy? 100% supernatural. I I don't watch any of the superhero movies. Man, we are so much alike because I mean, it's not that I don't like them. I just for some reason can't get in to the superhero movies. Maybe one time I'll sit down and watch all the Avengers stuff and all the whatever's. I don't know, but that time is not now. I am. I also, just couldn't care less. Yeah, I'm also a supernatural guy. So, I want to. What is your favorite supernatural movie? So there's two. So when I think of supernatural, obviously I think of like horror, scary, ghosts, things like that, right? And so the the two that leap to mind, one is just an absolute old school classic. But the first time I saw it, it absolutely freaked me out. I, I, it's, it's always worth another watch because it's really, really well done. But the first one I'm going to mention is one that as an adult just freaked me out. I mean, it just scared the crap out of me, and that's The Ring. Mm. I love The Ring. It's so well done. You, are you familiar with The oh, Ring? I'm familiar. It's, a, it's based on a Japanese, uh, I think, a Japanese movie or franchise. Um, it's it's really, really, really good uh, and just terrifying. Um and then, but the classic of all of all classics for me is The Exorcist. I think The Exorcist mm. is so well done, and the fact that they they were able to coax that kind of performance out of like 
10, 12-year-old Linda Blair is pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. Good choice. Uh, I I like like both those movies. I my favorite supernatural movie, and I, I think I've told you this before, but it's What Lies Beneath. It's a uh, it's a uh-huh. Robert Zemeckis movie, um, which he does really great visual effects. But it has uh, Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. I just really love the story. I think there's some really well timed jumps, uh, jump scares in that movie. I just and it all ties in really well. And so that's my favorite. Mm. That's my favorite supernatural uh, movie. But I want to ask you too, uh, along those lines, what is your favorite supernatural or superhero moment in a Cowboy Super Bowl? Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, that's a good one. There's so many. Um, I'm going to go supernatural moment, and I'm going to say the play early in the second half of Super Bowl 28 when uh, I think it was Leon Lett hooked Thurman Thomas. The ball came out. It was like a little shovel passy type of thing, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. The ball popped out, and it popped right into the hands of James Washington, who then weaved through a convoy of blockers and and defenders for a touchdown that inexplicably tied a game in which, in the first half, frankly, the Cowboys have been um, at least evenly matched, if not outplayed by the Bills. And, and that turned that whole game around and led to a super heroic moment or series of moments a little bit later with one Emmett Smith mm-hmm. who carried, I think seven times in eight plays and uh, for the, the game that clearly put the, the or for the drive rather put clearly put the game out of hand, even though it was still only a seven point game at that point. Um, so I, I think James Washington's play uh, it's supernatural only because like, how does that happen? You know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all, it, we talked earlier about just the sort of factor of luck. And I remember, I remember at the end of that game, Mike Ditka was a, a, a like an analyst and he was like, how does that happen? I don't know. Why does that kind of thing happen? It just happens, you know, and he couldn't explain it. Nobody can explain it. It just happens. And it tied the game. The Cowboys were the vastly superior team, but um, in that moment, there was just sort of an act of God that, let the let the ball bounce inexplicably into James Washington's hands, and he did the rest. Well, speaking of an act of God, I don't know if you would classify this as a moment, a, a supernatural experience or a superhero, because both could apply. But those Neil O'Donnell picks to you know, oh, yeah. Larry Brown, I don't even know how to explain. I think that, yeah, that's a good question. Are those natural or a hero? Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, clearly, you know, Larry Brown was our hero in that game. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed like it just was a very uh, unnatural 
moment. So I definitely, I that's where I have to go with my pick. But um, moving on to another another super, uh, you do a lot of grocery shopping, perhaps? Are you the shopper? I am the, the shopper, shopper, yeah. I yeah. do not like grocery shopping. I always, just because I don't like just people. I mean, not like people in general, but just, I don't like, you know, going through the aisles and people, the carts will just be in, People just seem like to have a lack of consideration for all other people. And so I just, it's never a, I never go to the store and like, this was fun experience. No, no, it's something more of a dread. But anyway, that's not really that important. But so supermarket is the next, the next one. And I wanted to ask you, uh, because our off season has officially begun already. But if you had a, if the Cowboys had a coupon for a money back guarantee free agent who could produce at a Pro Bowl level, what position would you use that coupon on? Well, I, I, I'm what I want is I want the best players possible at my money five positions, mm-hmm. right? And so I've got a Pro Bowl quarterback, I've got Pro Bowl corners, and I've got a Pro Bowl pass rusher. I have a Pro Bowl receiver. Mm-hmm. So I think the place where I have someone who it may be a borderline pro bowler, but probably is not is an offensive tackle. And there's, there are two tackles. So give me, give me a pro bowl performance at either of those spots. Help me solidify that offensive line that had a lot of trouble generating any kind of consistency in the running game. And I'm a happy man, man. That is, that is money. Well spent. That, you are a responsible spender because I'll tell you I what, am. my mind immediately go went to run defense and, it I kind of got fixated on two spots, linebacker and defensive tackle. And I and my my answer is going to be I would love to have a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. And I, I mean I love Osa, um, but I, I would actually love to have a Pro Bowl nose. Um, to mm-hmm. be quite honest, somebody who can really uh, give some pushback in the trenches. So I'm probably going to. It may not be the best choice of you know how to spend your money, but as far as need goes, I certainly think. Um, the Cowboys could need that. But, of course, also, too, that depends on who the Cowboys' next defensive coordinator is, too. Which brings me to my next super question, which is supervisor. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, for looking at the, the Cowboys' bosses and who's who's running these coaching uh, teams, uh, coaching staffs, I wanted to ask you what your favorite head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator trio is from the Cowboys. Well, it's funny because if we think all the way back to like the Landry era, I honestly, at that, at that time, like analysts and fans weren't that caught up in who the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator was and their particular schemes. All we really focused on was head coaches. So I, I don't, I mean, I know the names of some of the guys who were offensive and defensive coordinators, but I mean, I, you know, it's really only in the Jimmy Johnson era going forward that I'm aware of who the various offensive and defensive coordinators are. So mm-hmm. Um, I think the best trio was Jimmy Johnson, Dave Wanstatt, and North Turner. Yes, agree. no question. Agree. No question. But I mean, every every all three of those guys were creative, uh, uh, were uh, smart, were cutting edge, and I think both Wanstatt and North Turner were really, really underrated play callers. They did a great job of. Uh, of calling plays. And one of the things that Jimmy Johnson always did was he was 
able to work with them to like call plays, to change momentum, to get advantages, things like that. He really understood the kind of ebb and flow and psychology of the game. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make them my favorite. I, I think they're the best. But one of my favorite trios, it's so weird because in retrospect, they weren't very good. But in that year, they had a singular magical golden year. And that was the 2014 triumvirate of Jason Garrett Rod Marinelli and 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 um, Scott Linehan, mm-hmm. and it, I remember they they hired both Marinelli and Linehan on like the same day in like January of I guess it would have been fourteen, and we were like, eh, you know, a couple of retreads, whatever. It made sense that Marinelli would have been there because Kiffin had had, had right, gotten right, the right. boot basically, and then then they Brian Linehan who was like you know, same old same old sort of, and. Um, and then they both proceeded to take a team that had lost some really key players and mold an offense and, and shape a defense around who they had left and and did something really magical. And so there's something about the way in which they both elevated their respective sides of the ball and, and, the, and the way in which Jason Garrett was able to hold that all together that year. And he was a much more aggressive and uh, uh, coach went for, went, went for more on fourth down and just a fun team. And so – I think in in the sense of like a trio that lifted the team above expectations is probably that group. Yeah. I think But listen, I'm I'm not under any any illusion that they are better than Jimmy Johnson Dave right. Wasat North Turner. I, I think that those the the nine Jimmy's tandem there is the hands down the top dogs in my opinion. It's a gold standard. I think dude. so. I will say an honorable mention, I'd say. I wouldn't say that they would eclipse the Jimmy's guys, but uh, I I would have really liked to see what would have happened if Bill Parcells and Mike yep. Zimmer and Sean Payton, who wasn't yep. actually the offensive coordinator, but he was the assistant coach, passing game coordinator. If those three would have stayed stuck around longer in um, with the Cowboys, I, I think that they could have made some noise. And of course, both of those guys turned on, went on to take head coaching jobs with Zimmer and Peyton. And I mean, honestly, imagine those cats with the 2007 Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, would, I mean, it was really I, close that, to that could have been too, dangerous, yes. dude. It could have been dangerous. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, um, they could you know, those guys could have made sweet music together. They could have. Speaking of music, I actually have a, a, a super music trivia question for you. Oh, imagine that. So uh, I want to ask you to rank the following five songs that all have super in them. Ooh. Okay. So, so we're going to go way back in the past and then we're going to go, you know, some, actually most of these are back in the past. Cause you know, I, now, I, I'm all about Rabs, Remember about I'm not as old as you are. So, I mean, careful uh, how far you... okay. All right. All right. So uh, follow behind me. I'm in my Walker. You can follow behind <laughs> me if you need to. So here are the five songs. Uh, and for any of you youngsters, just, just go ahead and, and, and fast forward to the next question because you're not going to know any of these songs. So we've got uh, Donovan, Sunshine, Superman. We've got Super Fragilistic Expialidocious from the Mary Poppins soundtrack in which he actually sings to a bunch of cartoon characters oh. um, in the movie. We have R.E.M.'s I Am Superman, which is probably the most recent of these. And then a couple more, Rick James' Super Freak and Stevie Wonder's superstition oh how do you rank them my friend so i have to you know full disclosure i don't even know that the song by donovan the sunshine superman so that i'm sorry but that's going to 
be my last choice. Ah, um, sorry about that. Uh, maybe I'm not doing it justice there with that ranking. But um, I have to say the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious uh, probably would be number four for me simply because, I mean, I don't know. Mary Even though the sound of it is really quite atrocious, <laughs> it is it, it is quite atrocious. Uh, I mean, I'm, obviously as a kid, you know, you like the you like the movie, but uh, I don't know. I could I could see how that could uh, really start annoying people really quick. Um, fair enough. Fair I'm gonna enough. go with uh, I am Superman as the third choice for me, and then I will say that this is where it gets tricky because I am. Not... Yeah, I, I listen. I think almost everybody's gonna come to the same conclusion those these are the final two for everybody so oh my goodness i'm gonna go with i'll tell you what and i'll explain why i'm gonna go with number two is gonna be stevie wonder's superstition and i'm going with the rick james super freak first and i'll tell you why because every time i hear the intro to rick james super freak i'm like i hope it's rick james super freak and not i can't touch this i mean because you know I just, <laughs> yeah. so i'm that's that's my ranking rab so what did i get wrong I don't think you got anything wrong. I, th I think I think yeah, that all makes perfect sense to me. And even though I do know the Donovan song quite well, I still might have ranked it uh, everything the same. I, I think actually, I, I, I might I might if I was going to change anything, it'd probably be to put the REM lower. I, I'm not a huge REM fan. I think they're kind of boring. Um, but I think that for me, the two prohibitive favorites here are Super Freak and Superstition, both of which have incredible hooks. That I mean, they're just. They're so funky. They jam. Uh, they're awesome. I, either way, yes. I think you can't help. Um, and I go back and forth. So let's just say for argument's sake that for me, Super Freak's number two and Superstition is number wow. one, um, which actually I think opens up other questions about being superstitious. Yes. Does it not? Yes. And, and uh, surprisingly, this, this was not you know, planned this way, but it just works out. Uh, we are. Yeah. I, superstitious is uh is the next one and uh, are you superstitious about anything at all no not in the slightest well I, you know i wouldn't i wouldn't think that you would be because you seem like a rational person um but you know a lot of people are they have their own yeah. i don't real. i don't have my any type of like gotta wear this jersey or i'm not taking it off until this happens or if the cowboys are winning none of that nothing, nothing applies to me and i find the whole navy blue uh jersey thing to be quite silly honestly because i love those jerseys those are my favorite actually that i love the mm -hmm. i love them because we don't get to see them as much but i just they're, they're my favorite uh jersey but i'll ask you i already know the answer but remind everyone again like what is your cap favorite cowboys uniform oh it's it's a classic white that's that honestly that's what made me fall in love with the team the so silver helmets the white the white jerseys with the blue letters uh, and numbers and the um and stripes and the sort of Whatever you want to call them, gray, silver, seafoam pants. Yeah, that's it, man. I tell you what, there's been some games uh, this year where those pants, whatever you want to call it, like you said, they were popping on the TV screen and they just mm -hmm. looked. It was just gorgeous. It was just, I mean, I just love the blend of colors. So that's, I mean, honestly, I, I think I would probably pick that too if it wasn't for the fact that. We just see them all the time, so that's why my the navies get 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 the nod for me. But I, I wish there was a more of a balance there. But I want to quickly. I know uh, I got a couple more things we're gonna get to, but I want to. The Cowboys have been in eight Super Bowls. Rabs, run down through me. Give me those uniform combinations. 
What have they worn? So Super Bowl, Super Bowl five, they played the Colts and they were in their blues, and they actually had a much more of a kind of dark yes. slate gray pant at the time. So they had the very their uniforms were beautiful, but didn't pop in quite the same way. Mm-hmm. And they've been in the white jerseys ever since. Ever since every other yeah. every other one, well, they were in the whites, and that's because in the old days, you know, they would alternate home and home, you know, uniform between the AFC and the NFC. And the Cowboys were one of only two teams other than the Dolphins who. Uh, who had the white jerseys for home? So no, no matter what, they were going to be in the white jerseys right. unless they played unless they played Miami. Yeah, then that's I, I would have liked a little more variety there, as you said. One to seven is not, you know, it's just like especially if you get some back to backs. I mean, come on, Buffalo Cowboys, which they should have switched that up in you know the second Super Bowl, in my opinion. But mm. anyway, um, all right, next one is Super Mario Brothers, and the- oh, that is super. And I want to ask you this question. What is your favorite former Cowboys player who has jumped to another team and won a Super Bowl? Oh, that's very pertinent because we've got a couple of former Cowboys playing uh, on Sunday, which means another former Cowboy is going to win a ring no matter what the outcome. Um, because there's one on each team. Oh, okay, is there so is there one on each team? Oh no, no, there's not. There's not. They're actually both on. They're both on the 49ers That's now. Huh? Yeah, you got. Right, you, yeah, you got them. Our friend Charvarius Ward is a former chief, now That's now right. a, uh, a 49er. So yeah. So the, if the Niners win, that means two former Cowboys win Lombardis and win rings. Um, well, I well, mean, I think. Well, who that, are they? You mentioned Charvarius Ward. Who's the other one? Randy Gregory. There you go. All right. Uh. I think there's, I think there's sort of two prohibitive favorites here, and I think you would agree. Uh, and you know, we can rank them in whatever way we want. So I think the two, the two obvious choices are Everson Walls, the great cowboy throughout the '80s, who uh, finally goes to uh, the Giants at the end of the '80s into the early '90s and wins the Super Bowl. And I think 1990 with uh, Bill Parcells when they uh, beat the the first, the first Super Bowl that where the '90s Bills lost. They beat the, they beat the. Uh, the bills mm-hmm. um and everson walls is you know not the same player he had been in terms of quickness or speed or any of those kind of things but he was a crafty crafty veteran really fit into bill parcells defense which was frankly a bunch of old old slow guys who were just tough as nails um especially at that point because most of them had been you know prime players in the mid in the mid uh, 80s uh and the other the other one and this is probably my favorite I mean, not even probably. It is my favorite. Uh, was Demarcus Ware yeah. when he goes to Denver and teams up uh, with um, Von Miller. Oh, thank you. Uh, so he goes to Denver, teams up with, with Von Miller to be a bookend defensive end, and they absolutely shut down Cam Newton yes. and the Carolina Panthers. And I honestly, that was one of those games where I really thought. You know the Panthers were the team to beat. They were the more complete team. They were they were a physical, tough team, and boy, Denver just humiliated them and made and made made Newton look like he kind of just gave up. Yeah, no good choices. I honestly I don't have any anything to add there. I mean, I think Wares obviously were the one that we all you know liked the most because he was such a class act with the Cowboys. And of course, for me personal reasons, with Everson Walls being my very first. Per favorite Cowboys player. It was nice to see, you know, he, you know, when he joined the Cowboys, Cowboys, they had already had their success. So he had to go through the eighties of really, you know, coming up short or then, then basically declining. So happy for him that he was able to, to get a ring. Um, so speaking of, uh, 
super video games. Um, I'd love to hear from you as an old school video gamer who probably played Tecmo Super Bowl. What were your go-to teams and or players on those teams? So the bad thing about Tecmo, I loved it, by the way. I did play it. I played all the all the sports games. Those were my favorite video games. I wasn't a, a big adventure and stuff, All the, although I did play Mario Brothers. and But um, the sports were just, I loved them. But I don't remember mm-hmm. the Cowboys being, I mean, they were not very good. Uh, you know, but, on the original Tecmo Bowl, I'm not sure that, I mean, I guess there was a Cowboys, and I think the best player was probably Herschel Walker. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly. It was, it was um, but they weren't very they good. They weren't though. very good, but I'll tell you what, and unfortunately, I think the 49ers were, so they were like dominating. So mm-hmm. it wasn't always, it wasn't fun to play against people when they were, it was Dallas and San Francisco. Uh, but I will say who I did enjoy being, um, is the other Texas team. I loved Warren Moon. And because mm, obviously mm-hmm. video games, you, you love passing and stuff. And he was just one of the most uh, better Tecmo passers. And they could, you could really light up the scoreboard. So I would say that was my favorite team and um, and um, player. to for Player. I, 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 this, this wasn't necessarily my favorite team, but whenever I'd play other people or whenever I'd, you know, play whenever I, if I was playing, I would, I like to beat the giants and I would, Ooh, I would be defense uh, guy. I'd be Lawrence Taylor, oh Lawrence Taylor, because, because he could do both. Right. So like, I mean, Lawrence Taylor had the kind of speed where if you needed to, you could drop back and cover uh, the speediest wide out down the field. Because I mean the, the the game was ridiculous, but also the Giants had a nice little nice little offensive package because there I think it was David Meggett, you know had some nice little runs, but they also had a couple of deep passes so you could like set up the run and then and then throw deep and score a lot. So I really liked playing the Giants and I liked being uh, LT on defense. Yeah, good choice. But unfortunately, the game was a little bit came out too soon before the Cowboys' mm. big dynasty, which I tell you what was a great time for Cowboys fans when that time finally emerged. And I will say, as we close this out, Rabs, uh, Super Bowl twenty seven is my absolute favorite Super Bowl. Of course, the Cowboys blew out the Buffalo Bills 52-17. to 17. But I wanted to test your memory, and because I, I, I believe that you had a pretty good seat to this one. Uh, I did. I was actually in the in the uh, in the end zone at the at the Rose Bowl. So I want you to tell me, as somebody who was at the game, so the Cowboys scored seven touchdowns in that game. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me who scored every single one of those touchdowns and bonus points if you can get it in the right order. Oh, I totally can do it in the right order. I know this game so well. Uh, okay, so the first the first touchdown actually happened right in front of me. So I was in the corner of the end zone where the Cowboys scored their first touchdown, which was a, uh, you know, like 20 something yard pass to Jay Novacek. Yep. Right. So that tied it at seven. And then, uh, then they went ahead 14 to seven, not too long after that, when um, Charles Haley uh, mm-hmm. knocked Jim Kelly's hand and, and the ball bounced into Jimmy Jones's hands and he stumbled forward for a touchdown. So that was the second one, nice. 14, seven. And then uh, after the Bills got a field goal, the Cowboys scored back-to-back in quick succession right before halftime. Both of those on passes to Michael Irvin, so three and four are to Michael. I can see them. Then they they got the ball at the beginning of the second half and had a long field goal drive, right? No touchdown, but a long field goal drive, at the end of which it was 31-10, to and the game was effectively over. 
if you remember what happened next, because Jim Kelly had already been knocked out of the game, Frank Reich right, wrote right. a touchdown pass where he stepped over yes, the line and it wasn't called that made it 31 Where was the replay then? <laughs> Never should have happened, but the Cowboys, and we were, and things got tight a little bit because, just, you know, the Bills could score. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah. And the Cowboys, is, and then they just took over and scored uh, 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, the first on a, like, 45-yard pass to Alvin Harper. Oh, it does after, after a turnover that was followed by... Uh, after a, a, a Thomas Everett interception, I believe, uh, there was a beautiful, on like third and long, run by Emmett Smith, who could not be denied and broke like four mm-hmm. tackles and scored on a 10-yard run. And then, of course, the cl- uh, scoring was closed out with a something like, I don't know, 25, 30-yard, uh, maybe even less at, by the time he actually picked it up, uh, fumble recovery and run to the end zone by the uh, bow-legged Ken Norton. Great, yeah. Of course, so that shouldn't have been the last score. You should, no, nope. you should be talking about one more, but it just didn't. Yep, didn't go down that way. That's a supernatural moment, That's right there. Supernatural. <laughs> oh man, the Cowboys could have had fifty-nine points if Leon Lett would have somehow secured that ball across the plane, and then the, of course the Cowboys would have the highest score of any Super Bowl any team. But uh, alas, it wasn't meant to be. But those are super moments and super memories. Uh, that concludes a super show. And uh, that is all we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys Hot Topics, some free agent movie you'd like, or you're just your favorite Super Bowl moment, let us know. You could hit me up on Twitter. I'm at DannyPhantom24. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow over the world's team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you. Class dismissed.